when I became uh, managing director of one of the offices, I got inspired by, by a quote and I never let that one go. The responsibility of a leader is to create as many leaders around him as possible. Trust Your Muse, the podcast exploring new ways of working. My name is Sarah Eisermann. I'm a systemic coach and consultant. As a curious character, I'm eager to get to know and learn from inspiring people. This is why I started Trust Your Muse. The podcast exploring new ways of working. And in this episode, I'm talking to Edwin van der Geest. He's an organization designer with such a catching energy. His passion? Future of work, autonomy and progressive organizations. He supports companies transforming towards self-management by using a methodology called prototyping. We talk about leadership, mindset transformation and how to be on the positive side of change enjoy get inspired subscribe and get in touch edmund i'm so happy to have you as a guest i was really looking forward and i'm also a bit nervous and uh, therefore i thought maybe We can do an energizer together because I was watching your LinkedIn for the past couple of weeks and I loved your videos and I <laughs> the audience will too. Um, so you are an expert on energizers with your colleague, Kurt, and maybe we can do one right now here. Do you have an idea? Uh, yeah, I have multiple. Uh, what I did uh, uh, in the energizer videos, um, but um You give me another uh, hard, uh, hard question because we are now in a podcast, so we can do that much visual. Um, but what we can do, um, yeah, that, that's an energizer we did not do in the in the in the video series yet because we need interaction and we now have interaction. And the energizer is called Pick Something Blue, and we do that for one minute. Normally we do that for five minutes, but we are with the two of us for one minute. And the energizer is, I will pick something and you have to pick something of the same color of the same or the same type. So, for example, I have a blue coffee cup and you mm -hmm. have to pick something blue as well or a coffee cup as well. Okay. Yes? Yes. Um, let's start with uh, a blue pack of peppermints. <laughs> um... So, some, something blue. Come on. I have this blue fancy text marker here. Oh, nice. All right. I have an orange towel. Oh, I love that. Come on. I have orange post-its. Orange post-its. Yes. All right. I have a green <laughs> book. Where's your green? Okay. A plant. Okay. Make a plant uh, behind you. I have. Ah, that's it. Uh, oh, yeah, the plant. The plant is even better. Okay. That's even better. Okay. So okay, I, okay I, listeners, I can't I, I can't see Sarah anymore because there's a plant. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <Sorry>. Actually. <laughs> 
All right, and I have a little brown wallet here. Do you have something brown or a wallet? Wait, 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 wait. I come have on, come on, come on, come on. My brown sunglasses. Wow, sunglasses. All right, looking good. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right, and we can do this, this for five minutes and with a group or of five to 10 people. It's awesome, hilarious, everyone taking their plans or something uh, different. It's awesome. That was a good idea with the plans. And you know, there will be a recording. So I also have a YouTube channel. So this could also be watched for those who want to get the image behind what we did right now. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> You're welcome. Really, really cool. So welcome Edwin van der Geest. You have to help me with the pronunciation. Did I do it correctly? Awesome. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the G is very hard. For Dutch it's a G van der Geest. But yeah, I mean, German and yes, Germans, we can do it quite well, I think, the harsh, or? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's harsh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I studied in Spain and they would always um, mimic me like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> German speaking, speaking like that. And um, to give the, the listeners a little background how we met, um, it was back in 2019, in autumn, October, and we met at a meetup in Papentrecht. Do I yeah. pronounce that correctly? Yeah, Papentrecht, yes. Papentrecht, um, at Energy Flow, or Oliver Wolfs, and you organized this meetup. And... Uh, Tell me a bit about why you chose to go to this little village to visit this company with your meetup format Responsive Org. Org? Yeah. yeah, Responsive Org, yes. Yeah, um, uh, Responsive Org is a, is a community uh, that, that was ye uh, created years ago in, in America, uh, uh, exploring organizations uh, that are responsive and are adaptive to the ever-changing uh, ever world. So I created the Dutch uh, uh, chapter, so to say, or Dutch uh, community of that. And what we did in the Dutch uh, community is visiting uh, responsive or, or progressive organizations and get inspired by their stories, how they became, uh, but also have a look inside their office and get, get a really good feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and not only having a, a talk, but also feeling and talking with other enthusiastic uh, people about, about uh, those topics. And we've visited a lot of great companies and Energy, uh, Energy Flow was one of them. Uh, and what I really like about their approach is that they didn't just implement holacracy, they fully embodied it. And they went a step beyond holacracy to find out uh, the, the things they, they are struggling with to, to fix that as well. And uh, yeah, I really, Love their their purpose to to uh, to uh, reinvent the 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 oil and energy industry as a as a com as a small company as they are right now, but their ambition is so great. So uh, yeah, was was pretty logical for us to to visit them. Okay, and um, I got a lot out of this meetup, and I talked to um, Tina. Uh, from energy flow i talked to charlotte uh, about hr structures and also about holacracy and the salary system they installed um, and the people i met so i kept in touch and i got a lot out of this this meetup and what were your key takeaways i mean you've been working 
um, with new ways of working uh, at Encentra for more for seven years. So, and based on the, the the meetup, what kind of new things did you did you get out of it? Would you also, also yeah. mentioned a bit that you liked that they even went further? I think that that was my main takeaway. Their their, their ambition to 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 reinvent themselves or themselves, or that ambition to find a way that uh, empowers all the employees uh, within energy flow. And they didn't take holacracy for granted. They were exploring new ways. Uh, 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 they really did their uh, purpose finding on on uh, company level, but also on personal level. Yeah. And they within the restrictions of the Dutch law, yeah. they, they did try to find a new way uh, of uh, employer-employee uh, relationship. And I think that, that is awesome. And I think they're still in their transition and their, and their, their journey, and they're really on the forefront of the, of the Dutch market. And I think the Dutch market is on the forefront uh, for the rest of the world, so to say, uh, on the progressiveness of their, of their organizations. Yeah, would, would you say so? How, how, what, what kind of are the indicators on that? Um, a couple of indicators is uh, the, the, the number of, of pioneers that are talking in those worldwide uh, events. There are a lot of Dutch uh, pioneers who are inspiring other uh, organizations uh, globally, like, like Joste Block of, of Buurtzorg, probably uh, you've heard of him. I, but also yeah, uh, I mean, I, I followed them and I actually went to a Buurtzorg um, there was a little on a little village and I just went into it and talked to the woman sitting there, which was amazing because they told me about their structures and how they work together. But I would love to to get to know him one day. I think he yours from the corporate rebels. He really um, admires him and I think he's kind of a mentor to them as well. So, yeah, here yeah. he is. Yeah, I, I invited uh, Jos Wontaan to uh, to Incentro uh, to to inspire us within Incentro because yeah that was awesome to inspire all our leaders within the organization uh, on what he did and how he became that successful using self management in in its core. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, there are so many uh, smaller and bigger examples of of progressive organizations here in the Netherlands and some things that are pretty normal already in the Netherlands is very progressive for uh, somewhere else in the world. Mm. The, uh, the Dutch are, I think, uh, uh, not that hierarchical as, as many other uh, uh, countries. I think even the German are a, a lot more hierarchical uh, uh, focused than, than the Dutch are, because uh, uh, I'm working for a client at the moment who have a couple of Dutch offices and one German office as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the culture is is, is already, uh, and it's only uh, I think a couple of kilometers uh, uh, on the other side of the border, uh, and and the culture is already that much different. Uh, 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 following the leader and following the person high, higher in the hierarchy, that yeah, that that's uh, um, yeah, th th there are a lot more steps to take to become that more flat or more progressive organization. I would say. Yeah, I think that's the pain point uh, where the discussion is circling around. And I think where a lot of people mistake 
introducing agile working methodologies which help or you know we are agile in terms of now we are not hierarchical anymore i, I also i also see a lot of pitfalls in that i don't know how you see that yeah kind yeah of what i what i observe a little bit on the surface yeah what what, what normally is done with with implementing agile and and originally is, is from it uh, departments or it companies and it works good there because it's in in sprints of two or three weeks and uh, you really make a tangible products every new sprint that's, that's i think agile is awesome uh, on being uh, responsive and and uh, agile uh, that's how it, that's how it's called as well but implementing that all over the company is is so much different and that implementing agile as a method doesn't make you agile in a mindset and agile in in the whole organization because you have to completely rethink your design as an organization hmm. and that's that's completely different than just implementing agile on different departments hmm. uh, i'm also a bit careful with this i mean mindset is the term to use uh to i think that is the crucial aspect of where we should highlight our conversation on in, in the new ways of working or future of work a conversation in my opinion leadership and mindset um, what do you think does it take or what are your learnings and also yourself your, your journey yourself uh, to be a leader and to transform um, yourself your team your organization in this new ways of working new mindset whatever that means what is it for you what are you learning? Uh, um, it is a very broad question. I know. <laughs> um, um, what mindset? Um... Yeah, for, for me, uh, um, when I was uh, back back at Centro, and I, I can tell a bit more about my backstory as well. But yeah. back in okay. Centro, when I became uh, managing director of one of the offices, um, I got inspired by by a quote, and I, I never let that that one go. And the, responsible, the responsibility of a leader is to create as many leaders around him as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that is, that is a mindset for, for, uh, uh, that is very important for so many leaders because it's not about your own position. It's not about your ego. It's about creating so much more leaders around you because uh, talking about self-management, talking about uh, autonomy or talking about innovation, the only thing you need not the only thing, but the, mo- the uh, um, a very important aspect is creating more leaders. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that a leader needs to be higher in the hierarchy. The leader needs to be to lead is him or herself and lead their own journey and help each other out in their in their uh, purpose al- along the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I would say every leader should create and uh, should help others to become a leader as well in their own uh, in their own understanding and what do we do with the leaders that have a lot of ego here in germany i i think there are a lot of still a lot of in positions that i mean i'm a coach and a systemic coach and in my practice as a coach in my role as a coach i support people in career transitions and if I look on the cases I have, most of them quit their jobs because of bad leaders. And what I hear from their stories, it's it's very toxic environments and 
very bad leadership and I experienced it myself. Uh, so what to do? <laughs> Where to start? I, I learned from the Netherlands from my time there. It's about starting small, just start and uh, do little experiments. Uh, that's yeah. one thing I've learned. Uh, but that also needs the the openness to let someone, you know, start and let someone start an experiment. But if you have those pain in the ass leaders, I put it like that. <laughs> some some are really really still. And there are still a lot of them in the Netherlands as well, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, um, the way we help leaders and, and organizations is, is indeed by, by starting small. Eh? That's, that's what we do with prototyping work. And we, um, we help leaders. Uh, we, we first, first of all, they, they need to be a little bit open. Not uh, they don't don't have to be very enthusiastic upfront because we are going to make them enthusiastic during the process. Uh -huh. Of course, we are very sure about that. <laughs> we almost can give them a guarantee: you are going to be enthusiastic. <laughs> Now, um, you need like a little stamp, like enthusiastic stamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> certificate. Okay, you're now. <laughs> No, but but um, they need to be a little bit open, just just to try. And if they are just enough open to 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 give it a try, uh, we are going to explore with them what is holding them back, mm -hmm. and because they become like this because it did help them, um, mm -hmm. and they had maybe in the past they had to fight for their position as well mm -hmm. because uh, he or uh, or she is somewhere in in the hierarchy, uh, but. Um, maybe uh, higher in the hierarchy, it's even harder. Yeah. Uh, so, so he or she has to fight for their position still. Yeah. And, yeah. and with that context, uh, we, we start small, start creating experiments on what is holding them back. So maybe it's the context, maybe it's their responsibility, maybe it's their, uh, uh, their view on their, their employees. Yeah. And, Um, then we're going to experiment with okay, let's let's try to do something different for a very short period, and let's um, let's see, let's find out what happens. And yeah, it has to be. I always use the phrase of uh, 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 I think that's a very good one. Uh, good enough for now and safe enough to try. So mm -hmm. try an experiment that is that is. Man, you don't have to create a full change plan. Just try create an experiment, very small but tangible. That's good enough and safe enough to try. So you don't have to start with complete transparent salary, uh, for example, that's not safe to try. You try something smaller and that's a little bit safer. And then see the results after three weeks and then do it again. And yes, there will be mistakes. You will, uh, uh, you will uh, fall back, but that's part of the process. And uh, by continuously experiment and try, you, you will, uh, in the end, become more enthusiastic about the opportunities you have in front of you than the things you did uh, uh, in the past. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there are so many, also there are so many connection dots. I'm thinking, where do I want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was listening to a podcast and what I liked was um, the perspective on what the pandemic can provide uh, and 
that is radically changing or ripping up the way we work, uh, which also means uh, the way we lead and we need to lead. So we are not face to face anymore with, with our employees, um, with our colleagues. And that changes completely the way we work, the way we interact and, and way more. And I like the perspective um, uh, she gave on the tremendous possibility we have that lies in this pandemic, in this change. Um, and you told me that you moved houses and you are now living close to the sea and spending a lot more time in nature. So I would be very interested in uh, what changed for you also since we met and since COVID hit and what you, the second part, I would be interested in um, what you see changed, uh, but on a positive aspect of the remote work, what is the good thing of that? Yeah, yeah interesting. Uh, um, I didn't listen to that specific podcast, because, but what I hear about what you're saying is you have, you have a choice looking at the pandemic as a crisis or a transformation. Mm -hmm. And looking at from the transformation, the positive side, there are so many opportunities and there, there, um, um, that whole thing uh, had, had to focus on, on the work-related uh, uh, topic. Um, we, we had, uh, most of the companies had to change overnight from uh, working in office to working remote. And uh, I have a, a friend working at a financial company who were discussing the opportunities of digital tools to, to facilitate remote working for years. And they didn't fix that. And uh, in a week time, they had to fix that for everyone. Yeah. And uh, then uh, there was no problem at all. Uh, okay, we, we have the budget, no, no, no worries. Okay, we can do that uh, very quickly. And bam, 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 within a week, everyone could do their work with the normally did on in office now uh, uh, yeah. remote or remotely. So um, uh, sometimes when there is a, a crisis or there is that much pressure, we all need to change. And I think that's one of the post positive things is we all can change. If, if it's needed, we can. Yeah. And if we want, we can. Yeah. But if it's needed... We can and we need, uh, we do uh, change. And um, so I think that is that uh, from my perspective as a, as a, as a coach and a transformation uh, uh, agent, um, I always uh, share uh, uh, the, the best uh, example is, is this from, from the, the, the COVID uh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone can change. And um, we are now in a, a very experimental phase of, uh, of, of working. Because um, when changing overnight to working remotely, a lot of new challenges arise. Uh, for example, uh, how do you connect with your co uh, colleagues? Mm -hmm. um, how do you lead uh, remotely? Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the most uh, searched uh, search terms in Google now. And also uh, new, new offers, new webinar offers by freelancers, I think. They really got yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Yeah, yeah but uh, uh, so... Um, the, I think there's one, one other uh, very good uh, uh, thing about going remote is that managers, it's harder to micromanage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, th and I think a couple of, uh, uh, in the Netherlands, there was a, a TV episode about uh, uh, 
bullshit jobs. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, middle managers or, or uh, 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 so, uh, people with some, some sort of manager in their title, uh, the only thing they did was uh, controlling or uh, uh, managing time or uh, uh, didn't do things that actually added value to the company, mm-hmm. only controlling and managing and overseeing stuff. I think they need to, to, to uh, uh, think twice to uh, if this job is still a future-proof for themselves and for the company as well. And I think that is um, brought up uh, uh, more in, on the surface for companies to, to have a look at those positions, uh, but also on how to lead. Okay, we, we cannot micromanage. Normally, we, we love doing that, but now we have more time to focus on... Uh, on strategic uh, uh, stuff that's more important for the, for the company. So I see a lot of uh, positive uh, uh, changes uh, uh, in, this, uh, in this pandemic. And for, for, for me, as an organization consultant, uh, the first weeks of when the pandemic hits here in, in, in Europe, uh, it was very hard because every assignment uh, was gone because yeah. of, uh, yeah, you're, you're external, we have to cut our costs, of course. Very, very logical. But within a couple of weeks, they called me. We want you to come back because we need you to help us how to work together. But now on uh, working remote together. Yeah. yeah. So it was a first freeze shock. Okay. We don't know what's going to happen. And then they, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the discussion here uh, and the frustration is very much on. Um, on, on the topic they deal with the school system here. I think a lot of parents are so exhausted of uh, the, the schools not being able to provide good digital um, education and information. So this is even after a year, I'm reading a lot of tweets and posts of really exhausting and angry people and parents um, yeah, complaining about that here in Germany. I don't know if you have a... a if you have the same in, in the Netherlands of, or if this is also something that works differently and they adjusted quicker to digital um, learning. Yeah, there, there's a lot of frustration, um, but I think the frustration is mainly focused on, on the government, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. on, on, on the schools <laughs> and, and teachers because they, they all try their best to, to adapt to the, to the changes. And it's so hard to, uh, to facilitate young children uh, now remote and uh, on, on their laptops, on the kitchen table, three uh, next to each other. Yeah, I can imagine it's very hard for the parents and I can imagine it's also very hard for the, for the teachers on, uh, in, uh, in school as well. Uh, my wife is a teacher at the, at the university in Amsterdam mm-hmm. and um, from March last year, it, it went remote overnight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, yeah, and uh, uh, working at a, 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 being a teacher at university is more a theoretical, eh? so the, all the classes are very theoretical. Yeah. So that that is good. Um, but the, the more practical uh, classes and courses are very hard to uh, to give remote. So yeah, um, and still that is a, that is a challenge. Um, but yeah, everyone is looking at the government, and they are they are not. That, that adaptive to uh, to what is happening yeah yeah it's, it's the same it's the same here yeah but let's 
um, I, I loved the energy you created by um, the enthusiastic approach you are um, uh, spreading and you want to uh, create an impact with that and with your energy. And I really like that. And I think that's also what draw me into talking to you because I'm like that too. And um, maybe we can deep dive a bit in what you do now and what is the specialty or your, um, uh, or get, yeah, shed light on your prototyping approach a bit. Um, what, what is prototyping? What does it mean? How did you end up um, doing that? Yeah. Uh, um... It started back when I when I was working at at Incentro. Yeah, Incentro um, for those who don't know it yet is a so your background is in IT or development. Yeah. And Incentro is an IT company, or maybe you can. Uh, yeah, I, I think Incentro is a, is a pretty progressive uh, company, but but is an IT consulting company as there are so many of. Uh, but Incentro is focusing on the happiness of their employees. And with, from, the, from the belief that if their employees are happy, the rest will follow. That's, that's what they literally say. Uh, and what they mean with the rest is the clients will be happy as well. And we will be financially healthy as well. And, but that, that It sounds pretty cool. Them, Did it follow like that? Did it? Yeah. Yeah. It was that in, in that order. So the, the most important thing is uh, having happy employees and the rest will follow. Yeah. And that, that's awesome. And, and um, me personally, uh, that, 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 that drew me to Incentro and that helped me uh, fly uh, through my career as well because yeah. I got so many opportunities within Incentro. Yeah. Um, and it's not just a saying, but, but they are really uh, organized to, uh, to facilitate their vision. Mm -hmm. So uh, they are organized based on a, 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 a self-structure of Eckhart Winston, he's a Dutch uh, organizational philosopher. Um, and... He, he, he invented the cell division, as it's called, from biology. Mm -hmm. When an office grows bigger than, than 50 employees, we split it up into two different offices. Okay. And we did that to prevent uh, rules, more hierarchical layers, to prevent uh, a bureaucracy, uh, uh, to, pre to prevent everything we didn't want. And also to have as many employees doing the things uh, are, uh, on our primary uh, goal, and that's helping our clients. Yeah? So we are a Zonzi uh, company. Mm -hmm. We want as many uh, employees helping our clients. Mm -hmm. So um, all the overhead, let's say finance, HR, sales, uh, uh, management, uh, that's all, that was all a part of a, uh, uh, of a management team in, in every office, but every office was completely autonomous. Mm -hmm. And what, what we mean we're completely autonomous, every office was able to decide uh, what strategic route they, uh, they went, um, what clients they want to, to, uh, to go to, to acquire, what, what employees to hire, what employees to fire, mm -hmm. um, all within the boundaries of being financially healthy and uh, having a high score on employee engagement because we measure that, ev that every month. Mm -hmm. um, And I became, uh, started at Incentro as a developer, mm -hmm. but I wasn't that good. I had a lot of uh, better uh, developers. So I pretty quickly became uh, a team, team lead or a project manager at a Scrum Master, Agile Coach, kind of consultancy role with clients. And later I became manager of one of the offices. 
and that's where I realized that uh, having the autonomy to add uh, to to add your value to the company uh, it's much bigger when becoming a manager and the responsibility is bigger so that goes hand in hand eh? so the, the, the freedom and the responsibility goes hand in hand um, uh, but that gave me some some sort of a push uh, to become more of myself and to add even more value to to the company and I become even more happy mm -hmm. um, was it so, because of it I mean a great aspect is the the structure you were following and I mean the mission itself was it also it sounds like a lot of trust yeah there there is so many many trust because I wasn't that typical consultant within a centro because the typical consultant was a developer and I became quickly some, someone else mm -hmm. something else um, so there was trust to follow my own path and that was for everyone so there were uh, others as well who, who followed their own path um, yeah and um, um, when I was in a management team we had a lot of discussions uh, on how can we get our employees even more happy because that's what we are focusing on by giving them even more trust, but even more freedom and autonomy as well. So we... we, we uh, by letting go, by letting go the control. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. So hierarchies and being more on the, on the same level then, so to say. Yeah, and, and we, uh, for a company of over 300 people, we only had three, three, three layers of hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So there was, we, are, we were already a pretty flat uh, organization. And still, um, we thought that there, there is a room to, go, uh, to grow. Um, and we got inspired by books like Reinventing Organizations. And there were a lot of uh, inspiring cases back then. And we want to be that inspiring case as well. Mm -hmm. So we started experimenting. And uh, we did a lot of things wrong, but didn't help us back to creating a more autonomous employee uh, office and more... Yeah, in the end, we, we grew to uh, having a self-managed office, but that, that wasn't our goal. So uh, we had an office of over, over 40 employees with different self-managing teams, helping their own clients, doing their own finance, doing their own sales. And, um, and in the end, I was, uh, I, uh, the management team uh, wasn't uh, needed anymore. So we broke down the management team and the, uh, the managers uh, went to the to, to the self-managed teams and some of them became consultants again which they didn't do uh, for years but uh, they, they they did really like that i remember and, uh, yeah i remember when we were um, sitting at the beautiful dinner after the meetup um, i was talking to you and you told me yeah that you um, made yourself redundant and that was kind of your goal that you um, create leaders within the team so that exactly. you, your yeah. function, your role is not needed anymore. And I, I, that really stick to me. And uh, that really kind of inspired me. Also um, highlighting your mindset and kind of your principles in a way, what you stand for and what you want to create. So uh, that really inspired me. Yeah, ah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, somewhere in that process, uh, I became uh, responsible for that office. So I became managing director. And, and I saw that as a project, as you were mentioning, I saw that as a project to be the last managing director ever needed for that office. <laughs> so I tried to make me myself redundant. And 
within a year or, or, or two, I'm not sure, uh, somewhere between a uh, year or two, um, I was almost redundant. Uh, and, and, and the almost thing is um, I was still, uh, the uh, other offices didn't go that far as we did. So they did communicate with me as the managing director. And the only thing I did was sending it to the, the, the responsible uh, uh, colleagues who were responsible yeah. for that specific topic. And yeah. uh, uh, so that was my, my role, uh, being a mailman or so. <laughs> <laughs> and, then there yeah. was, and then there was this time you decided to, um, to work as a freelancer or to be yeah. after seven years within Central, right? Yeah, Incentro was kind. It was also I, I learned so much at Incentro, but it was also my comfort zone. So, uh, and I need to step out of my comfort zone. Um, and I wanted to help more employees, more more teams and, and organizations becoming as progressive as as we did within Incentro. Cool, yeah. And I I did that in a way uh, we also did within Incentro by experimenting. And um, that, that's uh, how prototyping work started. And um, that's, that's how uh, um, I started working on a methodology um, yeah, because back, in, back at Incentro, it was just experimenting mm -hmm. uh, on, on things we thought were good. If I look back at that time, I would advise myself back then to do it completely different, but that's, a, that's an all different kind of story. <laughs> uh, But still, uh, I created a, a methodology by helping uh, other clients. Um, and that's a methodology, what is called prototyping. Um, and um, it, uh, it, it helps by, it's, it's a methodology that is inspired by agile methodologies for, for the rhythm. It's inspired by uh, product innovation uh, because prototyping in product innovation, product development yeah. is about uh, creating a small tangible prototype to, to get out there in the market and validate that, that, that hypothesis you have. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we are doing within the organization now as well. So by creating a small tangible uh, experiment or prototype and validate that as soon as possible within your, uh, your team or within your department or, or your organization. Um, and the uh, third thing we are inspired by is positive psychology. And so yeah, I love uh, we, yeah. yeah, we love to be on, on the positive side of, of change. Yeah, so not on the negative side, try to reframe your attention into something positive, try to create positive energy towards uh, uh, the change we, uh, you're seeking. Um, so that's what we are building now and helping clients with creating a, 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 a movement because it's not not just a, a traditional change that you roll out over your organization it's a movement what you do together collaboratively with your employees with your co-workers to create a change directed by the employees and not directed by the top of the organization great it sounds pretty awesome and um now we did a bit the theoretical insight and i would love to uh experience it and experiment with you so uh what do you think shall we do a little prototyping session yeah it would be awesome i would love to do that so uh i suggest we um 
get a little refreshment and then we continue with the second part which will, which will be the prototyping uh, with Edwin and Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward. <laughs>